Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. Hello. Uh, favorite smoothie flavors, what are they? Strawberry, banana, mango something. What? Sorry, I'm shouting with a microphone that's against the rules. Sorry, Cody. <laughs> you, you have a very specific order? Coconut and what? Kiwi. Strawberry, banana. I'm a Caribbean passion fan. Josh. Ketchup? Gross. Yes, Kaiser. Jelly bean? Caribbean seabird? Seaburst. Burst. Caramel apple is a smoothie? Who said that? That's not real. Owen. Calcium? So just a straight glass of milk. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peach? That's a good flavor. That's a good flavor. Uh, Jonah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> He's about to be guest on right now. Uh, I'm a fan of the Caribbean passion, although uh, the word that I just recently learned how to pronounce, acai. Yes, I was like, acai? I would like the acai berry smoothie, please. <laughs> it's acai. All right. Enough with that nonsense. Um, guys, we are continuing our series this week. Uh, what is our series? Somebody shout it out. <laughs> Citizens Youth, close, close. What else? Made for mission. We gave you a challenge to uh, put that in your Insta, etc. bio. Um, so I've seen several of them. Uh, this week, I have the great honor and privilege to uh, introduce to you a very good friend of mine. Known them for known this particular person for a long time, and uh, they this well, okay, secrets out. It's Andy. <laughs> Andy Zeesmer. He works uh, with the Jesus Mission. He's the president of the uh, nonprofit. They just tell people about Jesus. So they do it through coffee. They do it through music. I don't want to give away your, your job for you, but uh, I've gotten the chance to see um, their team in action on the field, and they honestly just love Jesus, and they love telling people about Jesus. Uh, Andy is one of the people that I think has the gift of evangelism. Like, he could meet a random person on the street, and, like, in five seconds, he's leading them to the Lord. I'm like, how did you get there? It's amazing. So, Andy, come on up. Uh, guys, give him a, a warm welcome. You do need to tell him your favorite smoothie flavor, though. Strawberry banana. Yeah. Thank you, Courtney. You guys are awesome. Thank you for letting us come. I say us because my wife is here. Aww. She's back there. It's Sarah. If any of you have ever gone to Hidden River Camus, Hidden River Coffee in Camus, Sarah works there. So you see us a lot, I'm sure. But I'm so excited. Do I have to stay up here? No. Okay. I'm going to make uh, poor Cody chase me. Um, I'm super incredibly excited to get to be here with you guys. I got a little bit of time to spend the evening with you. When Sam talked to me about the sermon series, is that what you're calling it? Sermon series? The Made for Mission? That, that, is, that is an incredible just uh, start to this because 
Indeed, as you know, we were made for mission. We were made with a mission. We were created so we could have a relationship with God. But how many people do you know who have no relationship with God? I'm willing to bet that you know more people than you realize even. I'm going to tell a couple stories tonight. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we do. Uh, I, this isn't like a really well-scripted notes, notes for there. You can take notes. I'm not restricting you from writing notes. But we won't have a ton of notes up there because I want to share a little bit about what we do, why we even call it a Jesus mission, uh, and tell you some of the, the stuff we're going out to do. Because I have been a part of this church since maybe 2005 or six or something in that range, so about 15 years. Uh, and I have been coming here, and I've been a part of the worship team a number of years or band or whatever you want to call it. I've done a lot of things here, but I'm also not frequently here because I'm out helping share the gospel around the globe with a lot of different kinds of people. We work with churches. We work with missionaries in different countries. You guys have had other people sharing about missions this month, right? Am I correct? Okay. I'm getting the same knowledge. I'm just looking for affirmation on the knowledge here. I, I, I essentially am a missionary. And I want to tell you a little bit about what a Jesus mission is and why we call it that and why we go into the world looking for people who are lost. I, maybe I've told this story to some of you guys and maybe not, but I was like 28 years old. I'm 34 right now, so I'm going to give you a story from six years ago. When I was 28 years old, and I can remember very specifically because I made a note in my journal about this day, I was at a, a coffee shop in Vancouver. <coughs> Excuse me. I choked. In Vancouver, here is a really emotional story. I just choked. Uh, I was at a coffee shop here in Vancouver when I was 28 years old, and I was sitting there reading a book, uh, as one does in a coffee shop. And I'm sitting there, and I was like kind of one of those days where I'd put in my headphones, I was reading my book, I was kind of ignoring the rest of the people around me, right? How many of you have ever done that? We live in a place where that's an option. You can go kind of cozy up in a corner and read your book. I was sitting there reading. I feel really way too high up there. I'm coming down here. Uh, I was reading this book, and this old guy came, and he sat, like, right across from me, and he just, like, stared at me. You're the old guy. That's a little weird for her, but he just stared at me, and I'm sitting there like, hey, you know, reading, and he's, like, just staring. And I realized he wasn't going to stop staring at me until I, like, had a conversation, right? And so I put down my book. I said, hey, how are you? And he started talking just like he said hello. And within, like, 20 seconds, that old guy was sharing the gospel with me. Now, it wasn't the most eloquent presentation of the gospel I'd ever heard. It wasn't like he was like, in the beginning, the year of our Lord, zero. Like, he just was like, so there's, have you ever heard of Noah's Ark? And it was like kind of this rambly, like, odd presentation of the gospel. But the, as he was talking to me, see, I grew up in a home where my parents loved Jesus. They taught me the Bible since I was literally the smallest of children's sizes that you can be. They were teaching me the gospel. They were sharing with me the love of Jesus, and they were, they were teaching me to follow Jesus. So... I knew all this stuff that he was talking to me about, but as he was talking, I was sitting there thinking, at 28 years old, this is the first time in my life, because I grew up in church, and people in church talk about the gospel, right? But this was the very first time in the history of the world that someone had looked me in the eyes, assumed I didn't know who Jesus was, and made a point to share the gospel with me. I've been witnessed to once in my entire life, <laughs> If I had not grown up in a home where my parents taught me the gospel and I'd been coming to youth group every week, that is the one encounter in my life where someone sat me down and shared the gospel with me. Isn't that insane? I live in a metropolitan, metroplex, metropolitan? We live in a giant area. <laughs> and there's a lot of people. There's churches on every corner where people hear the gospel every weekend, right? And yet only once 
in my 28 years of living up until that point, had someone thought, that guy might not know who Jesus is, and he might not be in heaven with me, celebrating and worshiping the creator of the universe for all eternity. I need to share the gospel with him. <laughs> that, that, that blew my mind because I've been in a rock band since I was like 18 years old. That's what my band, The New Divide, was a band we've played worship here. We've done camps and stuff with you guys. We've been a part of your lives, but I've been doing that since I was like 18 years old, touring. And I've toured and played music in like 30 different countries in Africa and Asia and Europe and North America and Central America. We've gotten to do a lot of different things. And as we've gone, we've started meeting all these different people, right? And, and the reason our band would go to play music was because there's so many people we know who have not yet heard the gospel. In the very beginning, it wasn't quite like that. We were playing music. Actually, our band probably started about the same time that I started coming here. I actually started coming to this church when it was called Life Point because they didn't have somebody to lead worship, and I came to help be a part. And my brothers were here with me, and we started even practicing our music, kind of making songs and stuff around here, and we started going out on tours. We were playing music, and as time went on and we realized how few people actually have heard the gospel, we realized the necessity to share the gospel is not something for us to just sit on. <laughs> it's not something for us to pass over because the gospel literally transforms lives and we, we, we have the opportunity using the one thing we knew how to do, and that was spin our guitars around our neck and kick people in the face while playing rock and roll. By doing that, we could get their attention long enough to say, look at this, the most important story in the history of the world is that the creator of the universe sent his son Jesus to die on a cross he had nails in his hands and a spear in his side because he loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. The Bible says we only need to confess our sin and, and recognize our need for, for him, and, and we're saved, right? That's the simplicity of the gospel. <laughs> and by playing rock and roll, we were able to create a moment where we could share that and say, do you want to know this Jesus? And more often than not, people said yes. <laughs> it kind of shocked me how many people said yes. The, the, I used to go to really regularly. I'm talking really fast because I have a lot I want to say in a short time. <laughs> so thank you for letting me just kind of shotgun you with information here. We were going to a country called Denmark. Has anybody ever heard of Denmark? Yes. Uh, they have a, a delicious cake there called Laoke, and it's just basically like layer cake. Lao means layer, K means cake. You get it? Laoke. It's delicious. We go there not just for the Laoke, but in our journeys to Denmark, the first couple of years of going, we would play a concert. We'd share the gospel, and we'd say, yeah, you need to know about Jesus. Okay, see you later. And we'd go. <laughs> We're like, they know about the gospel now. Okay, good. <laughs> we did it. We shared the gospel. But I realized along the way, we were kind of stopping halfway. Because we would allow them to hear the gospel, but not invite them to respond. And so we started becoming more intentional. We'd say, this is the gospel. Do you want to respond to that and, and follow Jesus? Now, when we go to another country, sometimes we have to do that in more unique ways. Because here, you can clearly understand everything I'm saying, I hope, if you speak English. <laughs> but in Denmark, they don't speak English, not all of them. So we have to learn how to communicate the immense truths of the Word of God in one paragraph, <laughs> right? Because I have to do that through a translator. So I'd say, God loves you. They'd say, uh, and then I have to say the next sentence. <laughs> Jesus died for you. Uh, like, there's like all of this work that goes into sharing the gospel. And so we realized we, we, we were sharing it, but not inviting them to respond. And so here's what we started doing. The very first day, I remember it was a classroom, a youth classroom in a school in Denmark. It was maybe like this many people. <laughs> and I asked, how many in here say you're a Christian? Almost every single hand raised. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're a good start. 
I said, how many of you believe there is no God at all? Half the room put their hands up. I was like, well, you just said you're a Christian. <laughs> and then I said, how many of you know who Jesus is? And then like two of the whole room raised their hand. And the, only like one or two in the, the people in that whole group, they said they were Christians, but they actually didn't even know who Jesus was. <laughs> and it blew my mind. And so as we were going, we kept being more and more intentional to say, okay, I almost guarantee that a lot of you in this room have no relationship with God. In the same way that I had only had the gospel shared with me once, I want to tell you this thing because it's the most important thing in the history of the world. Literally, the creator of the world loves you so much he died for you. And so we began to be really intentional with the gospel. We were made for a mission. That's the name of the thing, right? The thing? The thing we're doing is the series. Whatever we're doing, we're made for a mission. <laughs> so we need to be intentional to, 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 to live on mission, if that makes sense. And so I remember one of the first times we stopped just sharing the gospel. And in those first couple years, we got to pray with people to accept Christ. Like, like I remember a couple conversations where we got to, like, after the concert, someone would come and talk to us, and I'd get to, like, share the gospel more, and then they'd say, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, and we'd pray with them. I could maybe count on one hand how many people in those first couple years we got to pray with. Then one day, we really felt the conviction that we need to be intentional to invite people into a relationship with Jesus. And we started doing that. It was a classroom kind of like this or a concert like this again. And I said, because you're doing it through a translator, you kind of need to make sure things are really clear. I said, everybody close your eyes. And they all did. And I, I shared, or when I had finished sharing the gospel, I said, if you want to know and have a relationship with Jesus for the first time, look at me in the eyes. Because I knew that would be easy to distinguish and it would be clear. Almost every single person looked like, went like this. And I was like, maybe the translator did a bad job. <laughs> like, okay, close them again. <laughs> like, I wanted to really be sure. If you want to have a relationship with Jesus, look me in the eyes and we'll pray. Almost every single person did. The response to the gospel was overwhelming. Because people are waiting for an invitation to have their hope of eternity transformed from death into life. And you and I have that opportunity every chance that we interact with any other person. <laughs> and so that day, from that point on, we started being really intentional to share the gospel and invite people to respond. And, and we saw, like, remember I said maybe five that first year? That, that next year we started doing that, we saw almost 2,000 people give their lives to Jesus in a month. It was insane. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> And so as we kept doing that, we kept going, we kept going, we, didn't re we realized the method is really irrelevant. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the things we're doing to build relationships so we can share the gospel, for me, I know how to spin a guitar and scream in a microphone. <laughs> we have friends, like there's one friend specifically who went to Mexico, and we've talked about her maybe in the past. All she said she knew how to do was pour latte art. <laughs> She's like, I don't know if I could be a missionary. I only know how to do latte art. But, like, we know a, a cafe in Mexico that needs help training baristas so they can reach their community. She went down there, like, four years ago, didn't speak a word of Spanish. She's, like, this tall, just the super whitest gringo girl you've ever met. Blonde hair from, like, Montana. Went down there. Today, she's married to a Mexican, speaks fluent Spanish, and has gotten to share the gospel with some of the gnarliest people, I could, like, there's stories I could tell you all day of how she's gotten to share the gospel and see people come to know Jesus because she did what she knew how to do. <laughs> Does that make sense? So you and I, we are created for mission. There is a, a, un, a uniqueness 
to the gospel and that it invites us to be the ones sharing it actively outside of this context, outside of this church building. You and I, we're made for mission, and we ought to be people who respond in such a way that we use anything we know how to do, anything, <laughs> any way you can get in there and build a relationship, we should be sharing the hope of the gospel. And so today I'm really excited because now we have, I think, around 100 people working around the world sharing the gospel in like 12 to 15 different countries or something like that, actively working for the sake of sharing the gospel. They've, they've made a decision to live their lives differently because they understand how drastic of a response the gospel demands of them. Now, not every person has God called to go live in Africa or Asia or Europe or any of these places. Like, that's not, that's specific and unique sometimes, <laughs> But every single one of us is indeed made for mission. <laughs> there's a, there's a, 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 a verse that Paul, uh, I think it's in 1 Corinthians, where Paul says, we, you and I have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That's not a, like, some of us are called to some things, right? This is a commandment to all believers. We're called to the ministry of reconciliation. You know something that reconciles people to the creator of the universe. Our job is to be ministers of reconciliation, to help put people into an environment in which they can respond to the gospel, right? And we can do that really practically. <laughs> Every day we have opportunities to do that. But how many of us put in our earphones, sit down at a coffee shop, and try and ignore everyone else around us? <laughs> I do it. I do it all the time, and I realize I'm not doing it. Like, I realize I'm doing it. I've had to be really intentional to start looking up. And what I want to do is we're going to look through 10 verses in the book of Luke today. We've got a few minutes here, then I want to go through this. We're going to look at 10 verses in the book of Luke. And what I want to really encourage you guys to do is start looking up. Courtney texted me and was like, what's the title today? I'm like, I don't have a title. So we just made one up. Look up, because it's in the text, and this is what we're going to see. <laughs> we ought to be people looking up from these things. We live in a culture right now that literally, like, I was thinking about this yesterday, or with Sarah, we were thinking over the weekend. We live in a culture that says, stay away from me. <laughs> Obviously, right now, a lot of people are saying that. <laughs> you get the joke. But this week aside, <laughs> we literally go to so much effort to create things like DoorDash, right? Like, I don't have to leave my home to get what I want. An introvert's like dream. <laughs> like, some of you are like, I love that stuff. We created all of these different tools, and I, I realize this is ironic because we're live streaming this, but even live streaming church, we've said, it's okay, stay back, stay home. It's okay. Don't be around because you can just see it online and go about your day. I have a lot of friends who are like, I, I don't need to go to church. I, I watch live-streamed worship, and then I uh, go to work. Like, like, yeah, but you're missing the point of being the church. <laughs> the gospel is about relationship with God. So wouldn't that translate the, to, to us needing to be in relationship regularly? <laughs> with, with, if the gospel is transforming our lives, we should be in re healthy relationships <laughs> because we're going to be I might have just spit on you. Watch out. Corona. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I realize this might be the danger zone. Um, we live in a culture that says distance yourself from us, but the gospel says draw closer to God and draw closer to one another so you can push each other forward for the sake of the gospel, right? So I, I, I just wanted to really say we should be people looking up and looking at people and intentionally engaging with people. In the same way that guy at that coffee shop stared me in the eyes and engaged with me, that should be our job. Let's look at this text. It's Luke 19. How many of you have heard the story of Zacchaeus? A few of you. Awesome. There's 10 verses, and I want to point out a couple little things in this because... This, to me, is an incredible picture of what Jesus' heart is for 
the lost people of the world, right? We're going to see Zacchaeus. He's the the main player in this story. I'm going to read through this, and I'm just going to stop a couple spots and pull some things out. He entered Jericho and was passing through. He being Jesus. This is talking about Jesus. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. (laughs) We'll come back to that. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see, to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. <laughs> so he hurried and he came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, <laughs> they all grumbled. <laughs> they would be all the people just kind of watching, Right? Maybe it was the disciples. Maybe it was just the crowd. They were watching, and they said they grumbled. He said, he's going to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. <laughs> that dirtbag. <laughs> and Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord. Now watch this. Watch the response and the transformation that occurs. If you have ever been in Sunday school or ever been in church or have ever heard about what a tax collector did, they were thieves. They basically, like, would swindle and work their way to, like, they'd, like, come to collect the taxes, right? But there was no, like spreadsheets, so they would just say, no, you owe 20 taxes. Well, really, they owed five, and they would just pocket the rest, right? I don't know if you used to call them that. You owe 20 taxes. <laughs> so here's a man who's literally like a sinner. Everybody around, society, not even just the believers, society knew of these people as ghetto shady swindlers. Ghetto? I don't know if they had ghetto swindlers, but Zacchaeus' response here is crucial because what he says when he encounters Jesus, this is what I want us to see. When someone encounters Jesus, their life is transformed, (laughs) right? That's what happens when that room full of people who said, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, their lives were transformed in that instant. (laughs) They went from death to life in the same way that Zacchaeus here goes from death to exuding life. He's not just like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm good now. Peace. (laughs) Jesus, and he goes about his life as a tax collector. Tax collector. It's a hard word to say. Look at his response. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. <laughs> and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. That means four with the X, like four times what he took. <laughs> fourfold. It's not four folds in a blanket. It made, the joke made sense in my head, and two people chuckled, so thank you. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to, what? Seek and save the lost. Do you see what Jesus' mission, Jesus is saying this is his mission right here. This is not us trying to figure it out, trying to sleuth what was his mission statement. No, he says he came to seek and save the lost. Zacchaeus was lost, and that encounter with Jesus transformed his life. In the same way that you and I have opportunity to point people to Jesus and see their lives go from death into life, to see their lives transformed, that's what was happening here. We are called, we are made for mission. The text that those guys read, the Great Commission, (laughs) to go into all the world, (laughs) preach the gospel, right? That's not something that we get to just gloss over. If we've been changed by Jesus, we should be these people pointing other people to Jesus. Now I said, I titled it, Look Up. Because I want to make sure we look at what happened. Go back to the first five verses. 
And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. <laughs> Verse 5, there it is. <laughs> In my Bible, I know right where it is on the screen. I'm like, uh, confused. Uh, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. I must stay in your house today. <laughs> Social norms aside, and the way that this was, like, what happened in this moment, I realized one day as I was reading this text that sometimes all we have to do is look up. <laughs> literally, we're, like, planning how, like, I, I love mission trips. I've gone on more, I've literally been on essentially an endless mission trip for like 10 or 15 years. <laughs> I've gone to like more countries than I even knew existed because I was homeschooled. And I've been <laughs> like given opportunities. All the homeschoolers like, yeah, that's right. Little House on the Prairie doesn't teach you about Denmark. Maybe they don't use Little House on the Prairie anymore for homeschool. All the homeschoolers are like, Psh, old homeschooler. <laughs> so... Anyways, back to this. Jesus paused as he was walking along, and he could have just kept walking. There was a lot going on, right? But it says he looked up. How many of us in our days and our lives, in our days, not the days of our lives, in, the, in our lives, how many of us, only people over 30 even got that joke. So all the chucklers are old people, you can tell. Well, <laughs> In our lives, we encounter so many people every day, unless you're scared and hiding away for the next month. We are encountering people regularly. We go to coffee shops. We go to school. We go to jobs. We go to the mall. We go to Home Depot, if you're weird. We, we do things that put us around. He's like, bro, I took that personally. He got really excited about Home Depot. Sorry. We'll talk later. Forgive me. I'm guilty of this because I spend a lot of my time traveling for work. I go, I visit missionaries. Some days I like, like tomorrow I'm flying to California and I'm doing a thing at a men's conference and then the next day I'm in another city and then I go to another city and I'm always moving. So it's really easy for me to just get in the zone, you know, with my bag and my AirPods and my like, or uh, uh, what, what are the things you travel with? Your neck pillow? I don't do that. My Bible is in the bag. Everything's in the bag, essentially. If you travel often, you try and slim it down, slim it down to, to travel as light as you can. But yet, even traveling light, it's easy for me to put on my headphones, get walking, get to my gate, get waiting. Okay, group D. Okay, go. Like, <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> like, I'm getting on the plane, and I'm ignoring all these people around me who are equally waiting to do the same things I'm doing. <laughs> and yet, it's so easy for me to just keep listening to a podcast, or maybe it's even something good like a the, to be the church podcast I'm listening to. I'm learning something. I, there's anything that could be going on, and yet these headphones are the tiniest little stop signs in the world. <laughs> because when I put them in, I'm saying I don't care about anybody else in the room. Even though there's 20 other people in the room, I put these stop signs in. I say I'm not worried about you. I'm concerned about what I want right now. And I'm an introvert, so I want to be alone or silent. I'm an extrovert, so I want to listen to death metal. I don't, I don't know what the differentiations are. <laughs> but you get the point. We're putting them in, and we're stopping everyone else from even thinking about interacting with us. Because when we have something like that in, it's telling everyone else, you're irrelevant right now. I'm busy. People made for mission will take out their headphones. They'll look up. Jesus' heart for the people of the world is shown to us in this text because he walks by a man who nobody else gave 
any mind to, and he stops and he looks up at him and he says, come, I'm, come down, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> and the rest of the people get angry or whatever. But my point right now, what I want us to extract from this is that if we are made for mission, our mission should be that of, of, of Jesus Christ. <laughs> our mission is to be aligned with the mission of Christ for the world. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the end of the game for us. That's our game, end of the game. That's to make it sound really doomsday. I didn't mean that. What I meant was that's the end of the line. Our job is complete there. You get the, you get the point. <laughs> Let's be people who acknowledge those people around us because in the same way that when I invited those Danes to respond to who Jesus was, you know people who will respond if you invite them. Guaranteed. <laughs> no question. You might even get rejected. Some are, but here's the thing. The enemy is going to stop you from sharing the gospel. <laughs> Romans 1 says that, that mankind suppresses the truth. It literally pushes down the truth, right? So, but here's the thing. We have to understand our job is to share the hope of the gospel. Their job is to respond to the hope of the gospel. If they reject it, you've done your part. Does that make sense? And that doesn't excuse, your fear of their response doesn't excuse no action. Does that make sense? We cannot be people <laughs> captivated or held captive by the fear of how people will respond when we share the gospel with them. Our job as believers, as people whose hope is in eternity, for the rest of eternity we get to worship the creator of the universe, our job is to share that hope of the gospel with others. And so you guys are not excluded from this. In fact, I, the, I just had some meetings this week with some people that I watched grow up even in this church <laughs> from, like, your age, and now we're sitting at coffee shops talking about how we can get them deployed somewhere in the world sharing the hope of the gospel. That's really cool to me. Some of you are like, I can't leave yet because I'm in high school. Like, that doesn't mean God isn't preparing you right now and giving you opportunities to get used to sharing the gospel because some of you, I am, uh, I am certain, God is calling to a, a lifestyle of abandonment of your desires and a chasing after what he's called you to, and he's going to draw you into places that you never dreamed of. <laughs> I love cities that I didn't know existed. <laughs> I have some of my best friends live in places I'd never even heard of <laughs> before. As God draws you into new opportunities and you take steps of faith and you're obedient and you, you're diligent to share the hope of the gospel, he's going he's gonna to open up doors that you can't even dream of right now. <laughs> and God has called some of you. Some of you are in this room and you've never, ever responded to the gospel in the same way that I invited those Danes. You're saying, I've been coming here forever and I am not following Jesus because I've never recognized the depravity of my sin and how far I am from God and I've not confessed my need for God. It's really simple. In the same way that I started by saying the gospel in one paragraph, <laughs> right? And, and here's the thing. If you want to live on mission, I encourage you guys, figure out how to do this. <laughs> this is like a practical takeaway for those of you who are believers. I'm going to give an opportunity to respond to the gospel for you who are not yet believers. But if you are a believer and you want to start practicing sharing the gospel with people, make it super Super simple. I have to think about how to share the gospel through someone else speaking another language over here, telling their mom, and then back over here, and then a pie chart, and then over there. Like, so you got to make it simple, right? There's no pie charts involved in translation. I just was trying to think of something random. You get the point. If you are, can I hold your Bible? If you're understanding the word of the Lord, the word of God, if you're reading it regularly, if you're consuming it, then God is going to reveal himself to you in this. Sorry, I closed it. I hope that wasn't really important. 
Luke 19. Uh, he's going to begin to reveal himself to you in this so that you can confidently share the hope of the gospel with other people. And you're going to start to live your life, if you're intentional, you're going to start living your life in such a way where when you meet somebody, the Holy Spirit might just prompt you <laughs> to share the gospel. You're like, I don't know how to recognize the voice of God. Well, then read the word of God, and he'll show you his voice, and he'll make it more clear. So when he, he talks to you through the Holy Spirit and says, share the gospel with that person, <laughs> you'll go, oh, I recognize that is literally against my nature because it scares the death out of me. And uh, it's totally in line with God's nature because he loves that person and he's created that person to have an eternity with him. When we're intentional to understand the word of God and we're eating it up like, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, thank you, then when we have the opportunity to share it, you'll be able to confidently say in three sentences what the gospel is, <laughs> right? Like God created the world, <laughs> He created you and I. This might be six sentences. Give me a break. He created you and I, but then sin occurred, and it separated us from God, and the only way to have relationship with God was for their, a price to be paid. And so he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross, and he rose again, and he conquered death in the grave. And the Bible says that in Romans 10, 9, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we sang it earlier. <laughs> I can't remember the line of the song, but maybe Max knows it. We sang about the hope of the gospel, right? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll what? Anybody? You'll be saved. <laughs> it's that simple. And so if you can put the gospel into a paragraph and get used to sharing it and saying, Do you, did you know that? Do you want to be saved? <laughs> people are going to say yes. Maybe not every time. That was my point. People are going to say yes. Because people are longing to have the eternal hope that you and I have. They might not even realize it, but the Holy Spirit is doing his job, and he's pulling them closer every day. And they're, 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 you vocalizing the truth of the gospel so they can respond might be just exactly the moment they're waiting for because the Holy Spirit has prepared you, and he's prepared them, and he said, share the gospel with her. God didn't have to use broken, wretched people like you and I to, to share the hope of the gospel, but he chose to. He chose to use me. I'm so undeserving, and yet... I get to proclaim the hope of the gospel. You and I get to do that together. We were made for mission. So I'll stop. I'll end because I'm not sure what time you end. But <laughs> my, you and I were made for mission, guys. It's, it, as the thing says. And we need to look up. The whole point of that title was just simply saying, be intentional to take your ear pods out. Some ear pods? Air dogs? Air buds whatever, the, the things you keep in, take them out, look people in the eyes, build a relationship using anything you know how to build a relationship with, and it, be bold to share the gospel. The enemy's going to say, no, not yet, not yet. Oh, don't share yet. Don't, you're not, you don't have enough depth in your relationship. Did that old guy have any depth in the relationship with me when he shared the gospel? No, but he's the only one who's ever been bold enough in all of my life to share the gospel with me, assuming I've not known it. So we need to be intentional people. Now tonight, some of you might be in this room and say, I've been here, I went to camp, I've done this, I've been to church, I went to Sunday, all the things you do, but I have never yet made a decision to follow Jesus. I want to invite you guys really simply. The Bible is simple, and we'll just do it like this. Let's, you've heard the way I did it in Denmark. Let's just do it like that. Everybody close your eyes. <laughs> Not to be weird here, but I really want to know if you seriously... Now, you've heard the gospel. You can either suppress it or you can respond to it. And so tonight, if you're in this room and you say, I know that I've never made a decision to follow Jesus and I want to do that tonight, then just look me in the eyes if that's you. <laughs> awesome. Rad. Rad. 
That's cool. I won't say rad because that's not very cool now. Awesome. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> so we're going to just, I'm just going to pray, and you pray in your heart, and you're just going to do this. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. <laughs> I know I'm a sinner, and I need you. Will you come and change my heart? Transform my life. <laughs> Take me from death to life. Thank you f- for, for who you are. Amen. <laughs> in that moment, in confessing your sin and calling out to Jesus, <laughs> there's a transformation that happens. If that was you tonight, please, 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 I saw you, so you, can, you, you could talk to me. But also find, I don't know, you probably have a leader or some person that you, like, know here who you know is a believer, go tell them because they want to celebrate with you. I'm excited. There was a great number of you who opened your eyes. Tonight, the gospel is changing lives. <laughs> That's why we, need, we were made for mission so we can share that hope. Thank you guys for letting me come and share with you. Please, 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 if you decided to follow Jesus tonight, tell somebody right close to you. Max, the band can come. I didn't give him any warning. That was the urgent last-minute warning. He was like, give me like a couple minutes. Just kidding. Go now. We're going to sing. <laughs> We're going to declare the gospel. We're going to thank God for what he's done. And if you, again, decided to follow Jesus tonight for the first time, that's incredible. I'm so excited. Feel free. Please come tell me. I want to be a old fist bump so as not to spread any major germs. But so incredible. Thank you guys for letting me come and be here. Let's be people living out the mission of Christ. Amen. Let's worship.